Hello and welcome to another edition of Starside Chat. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron, and uh, with me as always is my compatriot, Zach. How's it going, Zach? Good. Glad to be back. We took, I guess, a week off. but we're Valentine's back. Day. We had to be off for Valentine's That's Day. That's true. Uh, you going to watch but, the uh, Uncharted movie? I am not going to watch it in theaters, that's for sure. <laughs> I woke up uh, at some point, I think on like Thursday or Friday or whatever, all the reviews were dropping, and every website I went to had a headline that was like, Uncharted double crosses the fans, or like, Uncharted goes nowhere, or just like, is bad. <laughs> so, I actually haven't watched any reviews or read anything about it. Those are all the headlines. <laughs> so... I saw one, Google recommended a news story that was like, uh, Tom Holland, Mark Wahlberg movie is one to watch from like a random website I'd never heard of. Uh, and that's the only positive piece of praise that I've heard, but it's from some just like website that exists solely to show you ads. <laughs> yeah. It's all websites. I was talking with my brother about it the other day and I was explaining to him that uh Nathan Fillion is the obvious choice to play Nathan Drake. Yeah. And that there was that fan made uh like YouTube short film. It that, was so good. That was, that was definitely a proof of concept they tried to pitch and sell and they just like it was too, a little too early I feel like. Yeah. Like and it was very good and it had of course Nathan Fillion but I forget the name of the actor who played Sully but he definitely like had the right vibe for Sully. Mm. Um, cause he, you know, he had white hair, he had the big mustache, he had the cigar in his mouth and he had the sort of low grovelly voice. And so I was like, ah, this is like perfect casting for these two characters. Uh, and so I sent my brother that short film and he watched and he was like, this was actually pretty good for a fan film. And I was like, yeah, now imagine that those characters were played by somebody who could pass for a teenager and Mark <laughs> Wahlberg for some reason as Sully. And he was like, oh, yeah, it's like, I get it. That's weird casting. <laughs> it's like someone saw the original Star Wars trilogy and then saw the prequels, and they were like, man, this is great. Let's just make the prequels. <laughs> and that's what they decided to do. I don't know why you would make this an origin story where he is, like, a teen. I guess he's probably supposed to be in his 20s, but, like, Sully is supposed to be an old dude. Yeah. You're supposed to... Like, Indiana Jones works... The first Indiana Jones is great because you meet him after he's already done stuff and he's, like, in it. You don't need to learn an origin. You don't do that until the third movie. Like, the origin stories don't need to exist as the first film, I feel like. It's just too much extra exposition and, like, people meeting each other. It just... I feel like that's why a lot of movies in the 80s work is because they were just like, no, let's just jump in, start the thing. You don't need to know why a high schooler and an estranged, like a crazy scientist are friends. They just are. Yeah. And they're going to go back in time together. I didn't even think about it. That would suck. If they did do a a back to the future movie, they would definitely do an origin story of how Marty met doc. And you're just like, I don't want this. (laughs) Yeah. It's insane. But no. So my answer to that is I, I, if it comes to like HBO, uh, who's producing this? Is it like a Paramount plus thing or I don't know. What kind of movie is this? I mean, it's it's Sony. Sony. I guess it's Sony. (laughs) Yeah. Where do Sony things end up? Probably Paramount Plus. So I don't know. I I would like for this to wait to be free to watch it. It's possible if I get really bored and Didn't, it gets down to like five ninety nine on Google Play. I I'll thought the Sony it, stuff was all ending up on HBO Max, but 
maybe I'm misremembering. That would be great. I would love to see it on HBO Max. Yeah, I'll probably watch it at some point, but like you, I'm not going to rush out to the movie theater to see it. This isn't in our notes, but did you see that trailer for uh, the new Lord of the Rings Amazon show? Uh, I did not watch it, but I saw some articles about it. What do you are you? What's your level of interest in that? Did you like the original Lord of the Rings movies? I love the Lord of the Rings movies. I don't trust Amazon to make a good show. <laughs> they made the Expanse though. Yeah, but the Expanse existed before Amazon. It was and it was made True. by a different company that included the original writers on the project and Amazon just bought the rights to distribute it. So it's a little different situation. I I have no faith that Lord of the Rings <laughs> is going to be a good show. <laughs> Do you know what I am watching right now? This is I didn't put it in our what we're watching right now, but uh I started watching Reacher on Amazon. Oh yeah. And it's, like, very dumb, but I also think it's very funny, so I have continued to watch it. My brother was telling me that I should watch that show because he was kind of enjoying it, but I have The thing that yet. made me watch it was, like, someone on the internet somewhere was like, yeah, it's like if uh, Sherlock Holmes was just, like, a jacked dude who was also kind of an idiot. <laughs> And I was like, oh, that's interesting to me. <laughs> so, and it really is like that. Like, he'll walk in and be like, huh you seem like you used to smoke and then he'll like beat up five guys really aggressively. Uh, and it's like, I don't know, for some reason I like it a lot. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to watch that then, but I don't know. I, uh, I just got an email not too long ago about Amazon raising their rates for prime, which kind of sucks, but I don't know. I, I use it mainly for the two day shipping, but I'll watch some like older stuff that's on there because I have some like mid two thousands uh, British sitcoms on there that I watch a lot. Yes, yeah, Stargate was on there as well, and I was working. Oh, my speaking way of that, I have a, an interesting story because oh, I uh, I was flipping through Netflix looking for something to watch, and Stargate SG one popped up, and I was like, oh, a great show. I started watching this like a couple of years ago on Amazon Prime, but it's not on Amazon Prime anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. So I could not figure out where I had left off. So I was like, I'll just start somewhere and start watching some episodes because I want to get to the point where uh, Ben Browder and Claudia Black join the cast because I'm a, a big fan oh, of yeah. Farscape and I have not seen the episodes that they are in uh, Stargate and so I was looking up uh, Ben Browder on IMDB uh, to see what episodes he joined uh, Stargate SG-1 in and I stumbled upon in his credits is a Farscape the game from like 2002 and so I pulled up YouTube and I was like Farscape the game and like one of the top search results is uh the actress that plays chiana in farscape like doing a live stream of herself playing farscape the game from like 2020 so like not even that long ago wow and i so apparently she has like a full youtube channel and twitch channel where she really like does these live streams and like some of them are stuff that I'm not interested in. Like she had like a, a live stream of like just her and her kids cooking 
And <laughs> apparently she also is like sort of a singer songwriter. So she'll have like music videos and stuff on her YouTube channel. But like some of the stuff she has uploaded is like, in, like interviews with people that worked on Farscape and others are like watch parties sort of thing where she'll watch like an episode of farscape and like comment over it i haven't watched any of them yet but like that's interesting to me i would watch that yeah so like it was a weird little novelty that i stumbled upon this week of like this actress from this show i love that has like a full like youtube channel and twitch channel and Man, I have never seen her without her makeup on, and it's, like, very crazy to see her as just, like, a white lady. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to a blue lady. Right. And also, like, she's older now because it's, like, that show went off the air probably close to 20 years ago now. God, that is insane to think about. Cause that show's so good. It is good. I love Farscape. It's one of my favorite shows of all time, so I frequently will Gigi. revisit it. Yeah. And she is on... I need to. Just search for... What is it? Gigi Edgley or something like that? Yeah. Edgedly? Edgley? I don't know how you say it, but search for that on YouTube and you'll you'll go down a weird rabbit hole. Huh. The, the Farscape game uh, does not seem very good. It was only for PC. <laughs> and But it did have like the likenesses of the actors and it did use them as the voice talent so it had that really? going for it yeah was it like a third person action game it's sort of a kind of a top down um where you're like clicking to move the characters around um oh i don't know it it did not seem like a game that i would necessarily want to go back and try to play through but i watched like some gameplay of it and Apparently, it's hard to find now, too. She had, like, on that stream that she did, she had, like, a link to this website that had, like, really old games listed on it. And, like, Mm. supposedly you could download it somewhere on that website, but I didn't see... It was not obvious to me where I would do that, but... It was a weird little novelty that, that night, watching this super old Farscape game with, uh, one of the actresses, like, trying to play it well here let's bring it full circle she Gigi was in an episode of uncharted she was in an episode of uncharted uncharted regions oh i just you cut out and i only heard uncharted (laughs) it's like there's an uncharted tv show i don't know what this is but i think it's like a ghost show 13 flights of mysterious of mystery and imagination Oh, this is like a radio show, maybe? I don't know. Anyway, should we get to the news? Yep. Uh, Probably the biggest thing we're going to talk about is the Nintendo The Direct that happened a couple weeks ago. But uh, Bandai Namco is spending $130 million on a Metaverse project. Yeah, this popped up earlier this month. And the the thing that was in it was uh, an IP Metaverse. So basically... A universe in which, if you can think of Bandai Namco's IP, so like um, Dark Souls, Elden Ring, uh, Pac-Man, <laughs> Gundam, Dragon Ball, uh, oh Dig Dug, Galaga, Katamari, like think of a universe where all of those exist in the same <laughs> universe. I forgot about Katamari. Uh, 
yeah that i don't know like why they would do it or what like shape that will take but it was definitely one of the more interesting announcements i saw uh from over the last couple of weeks i don't know i feel like all these big companies are trying to be the metaverse and we talked about it on the show a couple weeks ago but i think john carmack said it best when he was like you can't you don't invent the metaverse by trying to invent the metaverse like all these people are trying to force their walled gardens to be the thing but eventually if it does happen it's going to be uh everything it has to be like yeah platform agnostic basically like it can't be just like apple's metaverse and then you have to log into a different thing to get into like the bandai namco yeah it doesn't it's an oxymoron for metaverse like it can't be a bunch of walled gardens yeah you don't want just the bandai namco metaverse you want the complete metaverse where like bandai namco just is within everything else right now speaking of they're probably thinking of it more like well netflix has their streaming service with all their stuff and amazon has their like why can't we just have our thing no yeah it's like this isn't the new streaming service it's like the new i don't even know like input method it's so hard to explain yeah what it like conceptually should be if you haven't read like you know snow crash or something where it actually exists but speaking of netflix uh i did see this article uh they netflix is moving forward with a bioshock movie are you interested in uh, a bioshock movie or do you think they will mess it up i mean netflix doesn't have a great track record stranger things is good um i don't know russian dolls russian russian doll was a good show uh there's a there's a handful of things that they've done good but like i've heard the new um cuphead show is good and i like the witcher so netflix is sort of like oh yeah the witcher they are sort of making it their thing to like adapt video game series to like either movies or tv shows so um i don't know they have some sort of track record of like doing that somewhat well but this is going to be a live action film adaptation who was it was it amazon that was going to work on like a mass effect series well amazon has the fallout series which i put on our notes and they just announced that walt walton goggins is going to be the host of the or not the host the star of it so who knows what they're doing that i think is a little bit easier to shoot because it is just like a wasteland he can they can just like shoot it in a cornfield and like uh i feel like a bioshock the, the great thing about bioshock is it's so atmospheric because it is just like one guy and people are talking to you on the radio but you don't really have any interactions with people other than monsters and so i don't know what this bioshock movie is going to be like is it going to be a group of people this is what i don't want it to be a group of people that like find themselves in a bioshock-esque underground or underwater city Mm. i feel like its strength is and you haven't played it so you don't know about any of the plot the plot of it but the strength is like you are this guy and you're not really sure what's going on and you're kind of being led around and it is very lonely and atmospheric and also just like super eerie because you are in this like basically 
underwater but also somewhat post-apocalyptic like there's been like crazy things that have been going on at this town like i don't know i don't want it to be like three teens who are just like whoa let's take this uh diving bell down to this world oh my god there's all these monsters around <laughs> Uh, like a maze runner type thing, but who knows? I mean, well, and so this article that we have in our show notes from the verge talks about how Netflix's website is saying that it's an adaptation of the franchise and not necessarily the first movie. So Mm. it could be that thing that you don't want it to be. (laughs) That is awful to me. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, if they get into, I mean, Bioshock Infinite really opened up the plot that's as the, far as like that's the only Bioshock I did play was Bioshock Infinite and I liked it quite a bit. Not to get too spoiler heavy, but by the end of that game, it's like yeah, there are a lot of lighthouses and there's always stuff going on. And so if they uh, the the world in general, like fiction in general right now, popular fiction is leaning into multiverses for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um and so I could see them being like, oh, this Bioshock is a multiverse IP, basically. Let's have our multiverse. Mm. Um, but I don't know. Like, they really should focus on the first one and it just be like, because that's something I haven't seen a lot of. I uh, I don't like scary movies, but I do, I am fascinated. I'm the most afraid of underwater stuff like whales and so, for whatever reason, I have this like morbid fascination with things that take place underwater. Like The Abyss is a very good movie to me, even though it's very frightening to me. Mm-hmm. Or The Sphere, uh, and that's something I feel like we haven't seen a lot of. There was that Christian Stewart movie that I almost watched, even though it looked very scary, where oh, she was underwater. Yeah. Maybe was called Underwater. That looked very interesting to me because it thought I thought I was going to be very afraid of it. Um, but I, underwater stuff is just, I mean, James Cameron said it best. Underwater movies are the best kind of movies. Did he say that? I mean, he probably thinks that. <laughs> he probably does, yeah, after The Abyss and, you know, Titanic. Don't forget Avatar 2, Avatar Underwater. <laughs> yeah, the new uh, Pandora is just underwater. That is that is true, though. Uh uh, Avatar 2 is going to be about the seas of Pandora. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I believe that is the case. Man, loves making a movie in water. He loves underwater. That's the name of his uh, biography when that gets written. <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk about the Nintendo Direct, or do you want to talk about the games this week? Uh, I mean, we can briefly talk about the games that are out this week if you want. Or just because there is some interesting stuff about cyberpunk since they talked about the next gen versions and like the the big new patch that's out. Uh, And you have actually had an opportunity to try it out. I dove back in. I uh, pressed pause a little bit on my playthrough of cyberpunk because I was worried I was getting too close to the end and I kind of run out of side missions. So I dove back in, and it is kind of cool because they reworked a lot of the perk trees. And so if you have a save and you dive back in, you just have all your perk points back. So I got to redistribute all my perk points, and I got to change some things that I... I put a lot of things in body initially that I ended up... I ended up going for more of a like technology hacking build, and I kind of regretted putting those initial things into body. So... I got to rebuild my guy a little bit, but 
I mean, the driving is definitely a little better. I intentionally saved the, all the racing things because uh, driving was just so hard if you weren't on a motorcycle. And I did one of the racing quests, and it was quite a bit easier. Like, I didn't feel like I was, like, rolling off the road as much. But Yeah, uh, driving was definitely one of the problem areas when I played through the game. <laughs> I progressed the story a little bit, and it actually did open up more side quests. And I don't know if these... Did they say they added additional side quests? Uh, or maybe it's just that I progressed the main story and more unlocked. But It was unclear to um, me, because I... I watched the MinMax like comments over that stream mm-hmm. that they did, and it was nobody uh, came to a consensus as to whether the quest that they were showing off in that was new or not. So I I don't know. That quest they were showing off was not new. I had recently played. Oh, uh, okay. It did. but I will say, how many of the side did you do a majority of the side quests? I feel like I did. I know I did a lot of them. I don't know because there's kind of a there's like two variations on side quests. There are like the ones that were had like multiple stages where you were like Mm. dealing with certain characters or whatever. But then there were a lot of like little minor objectives where it was like, go like clear out these bad guys or whatever, or like respond to some sort of police call or um, deal with one of the uh, psycho sense or whatever they were called. Right. Um, Cyber psychos. Yeah, and so I did a good number of those, but I'm pretty sure I didn't check off all of them because they were there's a million of them. Right when I loaded it in, I got a mysterious text. And so I responded to it, and it was like, meet me at this hotel. I need you to do a job for me. And I was like, oh, I wonder if this is a new mission they added. So I went to this hotel, and I went to the room indicated, and I, I walked in, and there was a woman facing the wall. And she was like, hey, I need your help. And I was like, yeah, w- turn around and I'll help you. And she turned around and she was a solid metal lady. And my character, V, was like, whoa, Lizzy Wizzy. <laughs> and like I was supposed to know who that was. Uh, do you remember that happening in your game? I remember a full metal woman now that you mention it. I feel like there was a side quest where you are working with her or doing something okay, so for that's her. not new content that's just something that i guess unlocked for me yeah they have like weird that her name was lizzie wizzy though it was something it was lizzie something for sure because i remember that i think it was lizzie wizzy was it <laughs> i'm almost positive i'm gonna look it up well they they have like a really long like extensive list of updates and changes uh, this is mainly I want to say mainly for like the next gen versions, which interestingly does include the Stadia version. I know some of the stuff was. I was worried about that. Yeah, some of the stuff was limited for like the past gen consoles, like PS4 and the Xbox One. And I I actually heard I saw some articles up about how the updates and the changes actually kind of broke the PS4 version like even more. <laughs> so. You're definitely going to want to play this on like a PS5 or an Xbox Series X or on Stadia uh, or PC. But yeah, uh, I was worried they were going to leave Stadia in the dust because of all the articles we talked about two weeks ago where they were talking about Stadia like getting put on the back burner. But 
Sure right. enough, I went to the Sadia subreddit and somebody was like, yeah, this is live immediately right now. And I was like, oh, great. Yeah, I've done some more thinking about that. And I think some of that is uh, like the Stadia situation. Some of that is a little bit of, uh, you know, every time a new piece of information comes out about Stadia, everybody declares it dead and like the end of Stadia. I don't think it's that so much as um like streaming in general just hasn't really reached market share yet like it isn't Mm. established well enough so it kind of makes sense for them from like a finance standpoint to try to um rent out the streaming tech to these big companies as a way of you know helping with the finances until it does so them saying that they're somewhat diminishing the uh, like focus on Stadia is not necessarily meaning like that's the end of Stadia because obviously it's not the platform itself is not going anywhere and like right. it's they still have like plans to bring a bunch of new games um, and like we obviously would like them to focus on it more and especially in terms of like bringing new games that are you know not just new to stadia but like games that are coming out this year to you know bring those to the platform day and date the way they are they're coming out on like playstation and xbox I, mm-hmm. We wish they were doing more of that. Uh, Ubisoft seems to be the the only one that's actually doing that. But there was like some earnings call um, where somebody had asked somebody uh, from Ubisoft about Stadia and that news that we talked about on our last podcast about how mm-hmm. it's sort of, uh, you know, they're diminishing their sort of focus on Stadia and whether that was uh, you know, bad. And he was like, uh, he basically said that where like streaming hasn't quite, you know, reached market share yet. So it makes sense for them to not necessarily focus a hundred percent on all of that. Um, but that, you know, the people that are still working on Stadia are still, you know, a hundred percent focused on it and they, Mm. they remain committed to keeping it alive because it doesn't make sense for Google to kill stadia because if they did that, there's no coming back to the video game market. Like they won't be able to come up with stadia too, like five years from now or whatever, if they killed us, what even would that be? (laughs) Yeah. I, I have no clue. So, even though I would still say I would love it if somebody like Sony would s- swoop in and buy Stadia off of Google's hands so that somebody who will like put 100% of the focus on it uh, would be in charge of it. But I don't. It, it's not as dead as people are saying it is. So <laughs> I don't know. I feel like in... In five years' time, or like, and this is just off the top of my head, it will probably will probably be in a place where streaming is a much bigger part of the market than it is right now. And so, yeah, sure. once once it gets there and starts ramping up, it, it will make more sense for Google to throw more, you know, focus into it. 
So I feel like this is just sort of a, it's just kind of a symptom of where we're at right now. And hopefully, hopefully they're able to get some of the, the big games, but I feel like right now they're, Google's kind of dumb when it comes to how they message <laughs> some of this stuff and how they operate some of it, uh, which is why I'd rather Sony be in charge of it. But, you know, the the service itself is still good. Like when you play games on it, it's like it works well and it's fine. You just we just hope that there are more games coming to it. But <laughs> whatever. Um, something else that came out this week, in addition to the 1.5 update for Cyberpunk, is that Sifu game or Shifu? Um, this looks super good to me. I watched some streams of people playing it. It does look punishingly difficult. Yeah, that's why but to I watch have not someone, picked it up. But I haven't picked it up either. But to watch a, like a, a real pro play it is beautiful. And so I don't know if I'm ever gonna actually like sink my teeth into it. But I do plan on watching a full playthrough of it because it looks cool. It looks like the the art style is wonderful and the play style is just like so fluid and interesting to watch. Yeah, they There's like so many unique animations for every fight. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They did a great job with the animations. Like the the fight animations look great and it it kind of reminds me a little bit of um what was that Hong Kong based game that used like the Batman Arkham Asylum style combat? Was it uh, not Watch Dogs? No. Was it, didn't it have Dog in the name? Sleeping Dogs, yeah. Sleeping Dogs. Yeah, it kind of at first reminded me of that because uh, that also had like a very fluid like combat style where you were like going mm. back and forth between enemies and doing these sort of combo fight techniques. And I don't know. It looks really, really cool. The um, it, There definitely seems like there's like a weightiness to like the punches that and kicks that you're throwing. So I don't know. It looks cool, but it also seems very difficult. And like, it would be the kind of game that I would maybe get stuck somewhere and just kind of fall off of it. So I'm probably not going to pick it up myself, but like you, I might watch it. This is a game that I am super anticipating to see in a lineup for AGDQ because I feel like people are already... Uh, trying to beat it quickest and to see like a, a pro who has played it you know hundreds and hundreds of times and just has it down to a science is going to be amazing to watch yeah that would be cool because i know it, it's not roguelike but it sort is kind of, of is yeah um so it is and the the interesting thing about it is when you die you can sort of respawn at the place that you died. But when you do that, you like age, your character ages. And it seems it was unclear to me because I've not maybe not watched as much as you, but is it level based? There's I think three or four different places you have to go uh, to like complete. It's very similar to, um, I think, uh, into the breach where like remember you had to do two islands before you could get to the final island Mm. at minimum you had to do two islands i think it's like that where you have to complete but you can take them in any order you want i think uh but i don't know too much about it i've only seen like uh someone will post like got through this entire hallway without getting hit or like uh took on this specific character like boss level 
in under three minutes or something. So I don't know uh, too many of the story beats, but uh, well, well, that was the thing. So like, once you get to age like sixty-five or seventy, you if you die, it's just like game over and you start over again. And so people are like mm-hmm. saying, "Well, I go back into the previous level to try to make out make it through that level without dying and needing to age myself up." You know. Um, just to make it so that you have more years to work with later on in the game, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting. But the the note that I saw in the review uh, that I don't know if I would say it put me off more from playing the game, but they talked about how it's not procedurally generated. So it is a little like you're just doing the same fights against the same people in the same locations sort of over and over again and Mm -hmm. so it doesn't really like it doesn't break things up very much just because it's it's not procedurally generated so yeah i don't know if that's a turn off or not but i don't know i mean i could see it the fact that it is the same i think is going to make it easier to get better at um, not necessarily as interesting to play over and over again, but like I said, a speed run of this, I think when someone has honed their skills on the same hallway over and over again, it's going to be insane to see. Yeah, and supposedly if you've cleared an area before, if when you come back to it, you can take a shortcut supposedly so that you can kind oh, of cut down some of the playtime a little bit, but yeah, you're doing a lot of the same thing over and over again. We're bearing the lead, though, because while this is an interesting game that came out this week, far more interesting and much larger of a release is Horizon Forbidden West, which you have gotten your hands on. I did. I have only put maybe like two hours in. Like I've played through sort of the intro and that sort of uh, caps off with a a fight against uh, Slitherfang which is like a big sort of robotic snake creature, uh, which was pretty cool. And I'll say, like, uh, I've talked about this multiple times on the podcast uh, previously about how I thought that Horizon Zero Dawn started off kind of bad and, like, you had to kind of slog your way through, like, the first couple of hours through this sort of generic like just teen dystopian um like character setup that i thought was uh just generic and boring and not very uh not very interesting Mm. um but i thought the game that game got a lot better after that and i will say forbidden west does not suffer from that because that stuff's already established so um it is sort of tutorially at the beginning uh, which is good because it reminds you of uh, you know how to do things, but also there's like a an intro cutscene. So I would say you almost don't even need to have played um, Zero Dawn in order to get into Forbidden West because of you can just watch that recap and sort of pick up um, with this game. And it is on last gen consoles, interestingly enough, but it is it looks amazing on PS5. Um, I watched some of the Digital Foundry video that kind of compared the two versions, like the the past gen and the the current gen version. And it seems like it still looks pretty great on, like, base PS4. It just (laughs) uh, is way more detailed on PS5. 
and probably runs at a higher, more stable frame rate. Um, you I'm you sure, can pick yeah. between resolution mode or performance mode, and I always pick performance mode because I care a lot more about frame rate than resolution. But um, yeah, it's very polished. It's one of those games that like they not just in like the presentation is it polished but also just like the the gameplay the the movement and the uh like the combat mechanics it's a game kind of like an assassin's creed where you're going to be doing some stealth where you go through like the tall grass and you um you can use your your focus to like see an enemy and you you can uh track its movement so you kind of know where it's going to move and and then you can mm-hmm. sneak up on it and do like a stealth takedown. So it's got some, some satisfying mechanics as well. The bow mechanics are very good. And uh, I suspect that there's going to be some uh, cool new gadgets and stuff to get in this one. That'll make combat that much more interesting. So I'm looking forward do to Do you have the uh, parasail yet? No, I'm not sure when I will get that. But like I said, I'm still very early on in the game. Uh, I just got to, like, a- after the fight with the Slitherfang, you uh, go to this town and you start talking to people. And so I'm, I'm that's kind of where I'm at right now. And I will say, um, somebody else brought this up. I forget what video I was watching where the, it might have been a review from somebody where they talked about um, one of the things you'll notice between Zero Dawn and Forbidden West is in Zero Dawn, when you have, like, conversations, they're very static, where, like, it's just, like, shot, reverse shot. Somebody is just kind of standing there sort of staring blankly and, you know, delivering the dialogue, and then you you pick your response, you know, in the way that we have in many games like this for, you know, many years now. But they're much more dynamic in Forbidden West, where they the characters are, you know, moving, they're emoting, and they're they're talking in a much more natural way. So it doesn't look like a conversation in a video game. It looks more like a cutscene from like a game or like a, a show or something like that. So mm-hmm. they've done a lot of work with the uh, animations as well to make even like conversations seem more interesting to look at. So. It's very cool. I need to play a lot more of it. <laughs> I've heard it's uh, roughly 30 to 40 hours to complete the main story, but there's like a huge open world full of like things to do. Um, yeah. I, IGN put out a video where a bunch of the different people that work there talked about how long it took them to get through it, and they're like... Yeah, it took me about 40 hours to complete the main story, and that got me to about 30% complete. <laughs> so if you want to, like, wow. 100% the game, it's going to take a long time. So good value for money. Yeah. Yeah, if you have your PS5 and uh, need something to play until Elden Ring comes out in, what, two weeks or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, Better wrap that up uh, in a two weeks. I'm gonna have to hurry up. I gotta, I gotta make some progress. Speaking of things that are on the horizon, uh, let's talk about this uh, Nintendo Direct that happened because there are some things that are interesting. We didn't get 
anything we wanted. We speculated. We were talking about it before. Uh, I was hoping that there would be some Silk Song news that I had wielded into existence because <laughs> I was so into Hollow Knight right now. Yeah. That did not happen, and I was a little bit bummed about that. But actually, that day they did. Uh, Team Cherry, which is the makers of uh, Hollow Knight, did tweet that like, "Hey, we're or no, it was a, a PC Gamer article came out like that day or the day after." where they talked to one of the developers and he basically was like, we're still working on it and we're still excited to show you when we have something to show you. So Silk Song is still in development, but um, what were the highlights for you of this Nintendo Direct? Probably for me, the thing I most latched onto was the extended uh, Kirby stuff. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that game as well that comes out at the end of march so i'm definitely going to pick that up day one and and be playing that so they showed off some new abilities what was it like full mouth mouthful mode mode. mouthful mode yeah yeah where basically he'll try to suck up something that he can't swallow like a car and he'll just like wrap his body around it and then he can drive it around so it looks cool. I'm into that. I have not ever really played a full Kirby game, and this seems like a cool mechanic. Uh, like, you could fill yourself with water and, like, shoot basically, like, Splatoon-style all-around stuff. Or, like, uh, what was that? Water? Mar- Mario Sunshine? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to pick this up and play it, and it's going to be great. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that as well. Um, I was hoping we would see some stuff that we hadn't seen before, and we did see some of it. I think we were texting after we watched it, and I I was like, it was a lot of little things that they showed that were kind of cool, Mm -hmm. but there wasn't that, like, big thing that we were really looking forward to, like Breath of the Wild 2 or Silk Song or something like that. Um, I wish that they would have a little bit more information, because usually what a, a direct will be like, the day before a direct is supposed to happen, Nintendo will tweet like, "Hey, a direct is tomorrow. It's going to be forty minutes about games." I wish that they would just take a little bit more time and say, "Like, here are all the things." I mean, obviously, they aren't going to do this because it will mean less viewers. They can always like dangle that vagueness in front of our faces and be like, "Well, you know what? We didn't say there wasn't going to be any Breath of the Wild news, so <laughs> yeah. definitely check that out." But uh, I wish they would just do that. We're like, we're not going to be talking about Breath of the Wild. And I would still watch it, but obviously I wouldn't be waiting for that one more thing to happen and kind of be let down at the end. Yeah. Yeah. It would be nice if they would be like, instead of just saying 40-minute Nintendo Direct, they'd be like, this Direct is specifically this thing. Like, this is the big thing that you're going to take away from this. They do... Sometimes they do do that, but it's always for something I don't care about. Like, get ready for the Splatoon connect. Yeah. Uh, and you're like, well, I guess I'll watch this, but <laughs> just in I case. Fire Emblem Warriors. That was something I wasn't expecting. Where it's like a Dynasty Warriors style Fire Emblem game. There, this is the second one. So they they had made one of these already. The I forget. I think it's Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes. So it's like tying into uh three houses which is a game i love i thought that was a great game so i'm actually more interested in this game than i thought i would have been uh before you showed me the trailer but like Mm -hmm. the only muso style game i've played is uh persona 5 strikers and i actually really liked that game and so i thought 
this is something where we see kind of a lot from like Nintendo and I guess some Sony uh, franchises where it's like a Japanese RPG and they're like, we're making another one, but it's a ways out. So, but we can capitalize <laughs> on the success of the previous one by carrying those characters forward in a different way where we give it to this, the studio that makes these Muso style games and you can sort of whet your appetite by playing this and it's not like the main a mainline game it's not using the you know full mechanics of the mainline game but it's like an interesting side story with these characters because they did that with um what was it the um zelda they did it with zelda yeah they did it with zelda they did it with persona they're doing it with fire emblem as well so i mean They've done this multiple times, and I think it's clever, and it's it's a good way to sort of tide you over to the next one. Uh, I think everybody thought it was going to be, like, whatever the sequel to Fire Emblem Three Houses is, or just whatever the next game is, even if it's not, like, a direct sequel. Uh, and instead, it was Warriors 2, which I think I might pick up. Um, just because I liked those characters, so having them mm-hmm. in this style of game might be fun as well. Um, but speaking of tiding people over until the next one comes out, what did you think of a 48-course paid DLC addition to Mario Kart 8 Deluxe? I was not expecting this, because a couple of weeks ago, we may have even talked about it on the podcast, that, that article came out where they... We're saying like, hey, there's a new Mario Kart in development and it's going to have a new twist was the headline. Yeah. And so everybody was speculating like, what does this mean? Like Double Dash was a thing? Like what could this be? And then they came out with this, which is basically just like we're not going to engage with Mario Kart basically for the next two years because it is, I mean, if you like Mario Kart and it is infinitely replayable, this is kind of an interesting deal because you're getting 48 new tracks over the course of what like the next two years i think that doubles the amount of courses that are in the game already which is insane and so it's like uh like 24 or like 25 dollars but this is another one of those add-ons one of those value adds for if you haven't upgraded to the like more expensive version of nintendo online so now nintendo online you get that animal crossing stuff you get n64 and sega games I think there's a third thing, cloud saves maybe, and also you get this DLC for Mario Kart. So if you're a big Mario Kart family, like if your kids are like, we love to play Mario Kart, let's do it, let's do Rainbow Road or whatever for like the hundredth time, (laughs) I could see this make, like I think uh, this will definitely get more people to, instead of buying just the DLC, I think this will push people towards that online platform, which is obviously what they want. Because it seems like it's too good of a deal, especially if you're also super into Animal Crossing. Yeah. Like, it's basically free for uh, if you're already gonna be paying if you're playing like Ocarina of Time on your Switch or whatever. Uh, I don't hate this, but I also was excited to look at whatever yeah. this big new twist for Mario Kart was. But it's not the worst news. What I don't. What do you think? I'm kind of in the same boat. I was excited to hear what the next Mario Kart was going to to be, but them bringing, you know, additional courses to the current Mario Kart that still sells, like, hotcakes, 
Um, yeah. It's a smart move, especially, like I said, if you're trying to hold people over until the next one comes out and they don't have anything to show for it. It's a, a little <laughs> insane to think about. I think Mario Kart 8 came out on Wii U in like 2014. So we're almost like it 10 is, years later yeah. and they're adding, you know, new courses to the game. The thing is, though, like, how do you put a new twist on it? Like, you're basically, you've built the system perfectly. That's like, I don't know what they're going to do if they ever make a new Smash game, because they've built it. Like, that's what it is. They called it Smash Ultimate for a reason. Yeah, it's already the ultimate one. So what what comes after Ultimate? (laughs) I feel like... So I really don't know what they could do with Mario Kart other than just expand on it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it will maybe be more of a multiplayer-focused thing. Um, is my guess is where they can sort of build out the online stuff Mm. in a much bigger way. Cause uh, like Mario Kart eight deluxe, it's fine that you, you have the option to play it online with random people or with your friends, but there's not a whole lot there. Like you're not unlocking stuff from playing it online. Um, so it, it doesn't have that sort of addictive, you know, one more race quality that a lot of online games do have mm-hmm. so i wonder how much of it will be even something as simple as like um sort of similar to smash where as you're playing through you're unlocking characters um because i feel like correct me if i'm wrong but the entire roster is just available out of the box in mario kart 8 deluxe so what if they expand the roster for mario kart 9 but they make it more of a like you're working through something to level level like your character or your profile and that unlocks additional um, characters not just um, new carts and parts for the cart the way it is right now mm-hmm. so it could be something as simple as that but that I don't know if I would call that necessarily a new twist how about how about this um Mario Kart Triple Dash. (laughs) Whoa. Unheard of. Where you have three characters and all three of them can be controlled cooperatively. You know what I mean? What if it's a... What if there aren't... See, I don't know. What if they did something like... um, uh, Forza Horizon, where it's kind of like an open world, and you're just like you're in a Mario Kart, you're in your cart, and you're driving around, and you're just like seeing kind of spontaneous races, and you have like quests. Would that be interesting? Yeah, that would be interesting. I'm curious how they would do that. I because I do I, kind of like the formula of Forza Horizon Five, but I'm not that big of like a car fan. So if they made it, but it was like Mario Kart in that style, I think I would be more interested in playing that than Forza. How interested are you, or did you used to play, have you ever played Wii Sports? I did. So, well, I never owned a Wii, but I knew plenty of people that did have one. Mm. And that was just like, like my parents had a Wii and like they only had... Wii Sports and Mario Kart. So that was like what we would play <laughs> when we were, were hanging out. So this, 
like I pretty much immediately texted the the trailer to my parents because one of the reasons they we got them a switch for Christmas was because they used to like playing Wii sports together and their Wii doesn't work anymore. And mm. so we got them like Mario tennis and Mario golf so that they would have some of those like motion controlled sports games to play. But like, this is ideally what they, w- we would have been able to give them with the switch. It just came out uh, later than expected, but I think it's cool that it's finally coming. I was surprised there wasn't a uh, an archery thing because I feel like that was yeah. uh, wasn't that in part of Wii Sports. Yeah, I forget if it was with the base Wii Sports because they also did like a Wii Sports Resort, which was like a second. Because I one. feel like with the nunchuck or not, the, what are they called? Uh, the Joy Cons. I feel like that's just like the perfect use case that we haven't seen before for the Joy Cons because. They're not connected by a cable like the nunchuck and the Wiimote were. Like you can really expand them, and then I, th- I feel like that would be such a cool. Maybe it'll come in DLC, and they'll like have like the summer's pack sports or whatever, or like Olympic edition. Yeah. But uh, I liked that uh, golf was one of them, right? There, yeah, they had a couple that they were going to add later. Like, they weren't That's launching. right, golf was being added yeah, later. Yeah, that was one of the ones that was going to get added later after the initial launch. But, Suppose, yeah, isn't I, there, uh, isn't, am I wrong? Did they say there was, like, a like a preview or, like, a beta for this that was coming yes, out? Yes, because they wanted to stress test their, like, servers or whatever, so they were going to allow people to there was going to be like a public uh server test or something that you could be a part of. That's interesting to me. I don't know if I'll get into that or not, but oh yeah, I saw so that they announced that that was happening, but you're not supposed to share video or like images oh, yeah. from it. <laughs> They're Which, so weird about that. Yeah, that's a weird Nintendo thing, but they uh they also announced Portal Collection, which is kind of crazy. Portal 1 and 2 are coming to the Switch, which uh, is cool. I've lo- I love both of those games, and I've played them multiple times, so I'm probably not going to get it on Switch, but it's definitely cool to have the option. Yeah, I thought this was cool as well. This is another one of those things where it's like, uh, between this and like the Assassin's Creed Ezio trilogy, like yeah. everything is they also, yeah. everything is coming to the Switch. Yeah. Uh, even stuff that's like super old, which I think is great. Like just bring more and more stuff to the switch. Uh, Cause it's such a great console. Um, even though I do have like a PS five and a PC, like I love getting games for my switch. So they had some older stuff in here that I thought was interesting too. I don't know how you felt about it, but they, so the, um, they were bringing chrono cross, the Radical Dreamers yeah. edition to Switch, um, which I never played. I never played. Uh, Nor have I. Cross. It looked cool though. People, it looked like uh, Final Fantasy IX esque to me. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, and then they had another one, Live Alive, which is like some old, like um, exclusive to Japan RPG from I want to say like the SNES era. Yeah, um, I think this has a cult following. Like, I think people are excited for this, but yeah. I've never really... It almost seems like, uh, what's it called? Octopath Traveler. Yeah, it did actually remind me of that in the, the visuals. 
the art style for sure, but also you're just like you're playing different stories and you can choose the to do each story uh, in any order you want, which is another Octopath thing. Yeah, so I, I'm curious about that. I'll probably watch some people play that when it comes out. Um, and they also, uh, if you didn't think Metroid Dread was hard enough, <laughs> they are announcing an even harder mode, which is not something I'm interested in. But uh, they did announce an easy I, mode as well. They just also had like a one hit mode, basically. Yeah. Which, yeah, I don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wasn't there uh, another then, ad- thing that they were adding to Metroid Dread? Yes. I forget what it was. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. It was something else. It was something else that I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, but I don't think that'll make me jump back in. But No. And then Earthbound is coming to the Nintendo Online. It, it launched the day of the Direct. Yeah. But, uh, that was a cool, like, it's here immediately. But also, uh, people. So people were speculating that Mother Three was going to get added to Nintendo. That's Online. what they want. That's what everybody, That's what everybody wanted, wants. But uh, they uh, stopped just short. They brought Earthbound and Earthbound Beginnings, um, which is still cool. Uh, those were the obvious games that people want. Like people want wanted Earthbound and Chrono Trigger added to Nintendo Online. And, uh, we still don't have Chrono Trigger, but at least Earthbound is now on there. And then there, one more thing, or like the thing they ended on, was uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which is coming out in September, which is not something I super care about. Yeah. But all I really know about Xenoblade is, isn't Shulk from Xenoblade? You're talking about the Smash character? Yeah, isn't Shulk from Smash from yeah, Xenoblade? Yeah, I think so. I, I don't know that series either, so... Nor do I, yeah. Um, it's, like, beloved from, like, a niche audience. It's not, like, it does not carry the broad appeal of, um, I was going to say even Fire Emblem, but Fire Emblem's a little bit niche as well. Yeah. I don't know what is a good comparison, but it, it definitely does uh, not carry the broad appeal of like a uh, uh, Zelda so if the no, one if the one sure. more thing was a little less of not a crowd pleaser yeah less of a crowd pleaser this time but uh, I don't know anything else in here you wanted to to mention I mean it's interesting that No Man's Sky is coming to oh, Nintendo yeah, Switch yeah. I am fascinated by how they got that to work and uh, Curious if it'll end of... up being sort of a, an Apex Legends type of a, a thing. Yeah. <laughs> where it's there, but it's kind of not good. But Because it does look beautiful on PC, and they do keep, like, they're never going to stop, it seems yeah. like, supporting this game and adding things to it. So uh, I'll be interested to see what it looks like running on Switch. Yeah, I will as well. Uh, I'll definitely watch some like reviews of it and some gameplay just to see because i feel like if i went to watch no man's sky like people playing that now like i wouldn't even recognize it like i played it yeah when it initially launched and haven't played it since so like a <laughs> gazillion things have been added to it and it looks very different now so should we touch on what we've been playing watching because i know you've been working overtime about what you've been playing. <laughs> well, so some of this is a little bit old. I did go back because, uh, so I finished Nobody Saves the World 
on um, Xbox Game Pass for PC. Oh, yeah. Which was great, by the way. Loved that game. Um, and then I was looking through, like, I was browsing the offerings on Xbox Game Pass, and I saw they had both Hellblade and A Plague Tale Innocence, which are two games that had trailers at the Game Awards this last year that were just, like, insane looking. <laughs> like, the trailers for those games <laughs> were crazy. And I know they're coming up. I don't know that they're necessarily coming out this year. They might. I don't think they've announced official release dates for them. Uh, but I, I went ahead and went and downloaded them, and I played through both of them, and I actually really liked them. Um, uh, Plague Tales more of a, a stealth action game. So uh, interesting story, too. Like, There's like an interesting twist in the game that kind of... Uh, uh, like in the for the first half of the game for most of the game you're like terrified of the rats everywhere and you're using fire to like clear them away and so it, it's kind of puzzly where you're like okay i can light this torch over here and that'll open up space so i can get from point a to point b and you're doing a lot of stuff like that but you're also like avoiding um these soldiers from the inquisition and so you're you're kind of stealthing around uh you know enemies as well and so it, it's fun to like kind of work out those those puzzles of how to get around. Um, it's a the combat is a little bit less. the The new one looks like combat's going to be maybe a bigger thing because she does have like a bow, or maybe it's not a bow; it's like a crossbow. So that could be interesting. I don't know. I I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed Hellblade as well. Very different style of game. But mm-hmm. um, I still I, like you were asking me if there were giants because of the the trailer for the <laughs> second one. I was like, sort of, but yeah. not like that. Um, I don't really know how to explain it, but the that new trailer still blows my mind. I kind of don't know what to yeah. make of it. Well, it's kind of like uh, I bet it's similar to like if someone didn't know anything about video games and then they watched the trailer for like the new God of War game like when it came out and then they were like man god of war seems like a crazy series i'd love to play earlier versions and you had to be like well the last couple of games were not like god of war current yeah is it similar to that where like it seems like it's a really different play style i mean this so jeff Keeley even said it like um before the trailer started he was like this trailer is so crazy like I don't even know what's you know whether it was video or or actually like <laughs> gameplay. Like you can't really differentiate between like what which parts are gameplay and which parts are like cutscene, and so it's really like I I honestly don't know. I, like I went back and watched the trailer and I cannot differentiate either. Like I I don't know. <laughs> If that's just a cutscene from some section of the game, or if like you're actually sort of taking control. So, and also, the first game is such a like solo journey that you're not really interacting with other people. So, the fact that she's in this place with like a bunch of people with her is like, 
I don't even know what's going on. Was there anything at the end of the first game that, like, would at all leave it open for a sequel? Or was it a pretty, like, cut-and-dry ending to the story? It it sort of does open itself up, but not, like... Like, you can definitely see where, okay, they they could do more with this, but it's not... Like, like it could be a standalone thing as well. Like, if they had never made a sequel, Mm. it wouldn't have been like, oh, man... I'm disappointed because I thought that was going somewhere. Um, Cause she, she kind of ends with like, now I'm like ready to go. And like, I'm, I'm, I know like who I am and where I'm going and like, I know what I'm doing. And so you kind of get the sense of, okay, this is going to go somewhere, but it's also like it ends off in a place where it doesn't have to go anywhere. So <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. So anyway, that's what I've been playing. What have you been playing? I continue to be in love with Hollow Knight. I checked my save file uh, before we started recording today, and I have about 35 hours in it. So I know that because of the DLCs, you have the ability to beat the game with 112% as your final like percentage completed. I don't think I'm going to do that. There are There's five endings to the game. I believe I know which one is the canonical one, and it is the one I'm going to try to do. There are two that seem impossible to do. They're like super, super, super difficult that I'm not even going to attempt. But uh, I love it. It's still really, really good. I have everything I need right now where I could complete the game, but I'm going to get the rest of the like charms and try to upgrade and collect all the extra collectibles. And I might even, I don't know if I am interested in the DLC. It came included with the DLC that it was released, but it's like this weird like carnival that I'm not super into and I don't think the rewards for doing it are uh, super interesting, but I might do it just to extend my time with the game. But man, it's uh, I'm loving it. I, uh, I, it's made me super hungry for news about Silksong because I just want more of these interesting, like beautifully drawn worlds. And I love, I, I went back and I watched like the Nintendo Treehouse for, from like 20, 17 maybe (laughs) when they had uh like they had a playable demo of silk song and so like in treehouse fashion there was just like someone playing through it and they talked about it for like 40 minutes so like as late as 20 or as early as 2017 there was like a ton going on with this game but maybe i'm wrong actually maybe that was from like 2019 but uh it seems like it's going well i mean there was that uh pc gamer article where they just got that one pull quote from that guy that it is in the process so maybe it will we'll hear more about it in like the e3 realm whatever fake e3 is going to happen this year nintendo will probably breath of the wild will hopefully be on the main stage but um hollow knight is great it's probably the best metroidvania game i have ever played even though i've only played two (laughs) Uh, metroid dread is good but i don't know man it's all I think about sometimes at work. Like I'll just, there's so much to do. And so like, I'll just, I'll start playing and it, there aren't necessarily quests in the game. There's just like things you have to get accomplished. So I'll be like, well, this time I'm going to tackle this area I haven't been to, or like this time I need to upgrade my sword by doing these specific tasks that I know I have to do things like that. But 
it's something I highly recommend, and I think uh, you, you'd you be really into it, but it is going to take a little bit of time. It's probably not the ideal time to dive into it with all these game releases. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I've thought about jumping into it just because of all the the praise you've given it, and it does make me want to jump back into it, but like Horizon Forbidden West yeah. just came out. And then Elden Ring is right around the yeah. corner. So. so it may not Not happen. the ideal time. Um, yeah, and they added Hollow Knight dlc to dead cells that's true they also added hyper light drifter to dead oh, cells yeah that made me that was part of the same that pack. stuff that they they dropped made me kind of want to jump back into dead cells too but i actually have never played it and i have been i don't know what i'm gonna do with myself when i finish up hollow knight which might be this week i don't know depending on if i dive into the dlc but um i just i would love more information on silk song but yeah. it's not happening right now maybe this summer yeah but other than that that's pretty much all i've been doing that and uh watching that reacher show are like the two things i'm spending my time doing recently i will say the other day before um horizon came out i had just finished a plague tale and so i like had a few days there where i didn't have like anything to play uh, before Horizon came out, and so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna jump back into where I left off with my Mass Effect playthrough. Oh! And so for like an hour and a half or so uh, the other night, I played some Mass Effect again, and because I know that series pretty well because I've played through the games multiple times, like it's one of those things where I can like fall off of it for a year and jump back in and not be completely lost <laughs> and need to start over. Yeah. So it was cool to just like jump back into it. Um, and of course the legendary edition is all remastered. So it looks so much better than it ever has before. And so I like, it's crazy how quickly that that game or that series can just like, re grab my attention and suck me back in again um i was i loved it for the brief amount of time i got to play it this week um (laughs) and it made me almost wish that horizon was not coming out this week because i would have totally played all weekend but right now i'm gonna be playing some horizon which I am. Really yes, I'm excited to hear your extended thoughts. Yeah, on I was gonna say I'm gonna. I plan on playing a bunch this weekend, and I'll probably play more uh, throughout the week. And I will probably have more thoughts on it um, next week for our podcast. So stay tuned to that. Do you got any uh, parting wisdom? I'm gonna do a little bit of a cop out, but I'm just so high on this horse. My parting wisdom is to play Hollow Knight. <laughs> If you're listening to this and you have not played Hollow Knight, I encourage you to play Hollow Knight. You are really making me want to play it, I won't lie. <laughs> My girlfriend got me a uh, a map of the map of Hollow Knight. I was this close to buying a giant mouse pad of the map because there's a, a really beautiful illustration of the map that uh, maybe is official. I'm not sure. It's on a bunch of merchandise. But uh, it's like the first game that I've bought, uh, like, uh merch paraphernalia of yeah merchandise for for a lot i mean the last one was uh destiny when i got that ghost oh yeah i like drove to iowa city to the target because i knew they had them and uh i got one of those ghost statues but other than that i've pretty much only ever bought video game stuff for destiny oh and then i also uh 
I got one of those uh, Doom Marine action figures. But uh, this I'm going to frame up and I'm going to put it above my uh, computer. It's going to look at it all the time. It's going to be great. I bought those uh, the Metroid Dread Amiibos. Oh, really? Yeah. Those looked really cool with the uh, the Emis or Amis or yeah, whatever. Yeah, so it's um, Samus Emmys? and an Emmy, and they're sort of facing each other. And um, if you Ooh. use them uh, in the game, I think it, like, restores your health or something like that. So if you're, like, having a tough time with the boss fight, that's, like, one way to help you get through it. Um, Is there a Hollow Knight amiibo? Because I would buy the heck out of that there would be if they added hollow knight to smash but that's not going to happen now <laughs> man that should be man <laughs> my mind just exploded with that she would make such a i mean it is just another sword person but he has so many spells yeah. or it rather um smash ultimate man, it too yeah really <laughs> smash ultimate indie edition where it's just indie Ooh. games that's something i would definitely play. yeah that is interesting to me get the the drifter from um, and what you call it? Hyperlight Drifter. Well, let's think about that for a second. So, Hollow Knight, uh, Dead Cells, Hyperlight Drifter, Dead Cells. I mean, the Drifter is in. There's like a Smash knockoff game somebody made that the Drifter is in. I forget what it's called. The bird from Death's Door. That little crow oh, guy. Yeah. All these people have swords, but that's okay. Um, what are other i mean you could have one of the little things from little nightmares oh yeah the kid from limbo you could have i I mean i don't know what their attacks would be but you could yeah i mean the final smash for the limbo kid would be a giant spider comes out yeah that's true like uh man hollow knight would be the perfect smash character because he already has directional based things like he's already basically got an up b and a side b and a down actually he has all smash moves basically Man, they should have added I wish him. it was a thing. They should have. It would have been so good. And then, but. for sure, you could have gotten a, a, an, a Hollow Knight amiibo. Because they Hopefully make amiibo when for every comes character. Out. Yeah. When Silksong comes out, maybe I can get something. Although, Hollow Knight is not going to be in Silksong, probably. But I could get a Hornet one. But anyway, I digress. Uh, we will catch you guys on the next one. Yeah. Well, follow us on all the places, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at uh, Starside Cafe. And uh, leave this podcast a rating if you're on Apple or Spotify. And we'll catch you on the next one. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.